Welcome to the Low Key Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Malloy. This week we are talking about Watchmen with my two fantastic, as always, co-hosts. What's up, Aaron Lanton? How's it going, sir? Very good. And Mr. Keith Denny? How's it going, Tim? Real good. So we've made it through four episodes of Watchmen so far. The fact that I said made it through maybe doesn't make it sound like I like the show that much. But um, I don't want to start with me. Why don't we start with Keith? What did you think of the show? I don't want to get too, too into it and just like, just just jump on the show's balls or whatever. But I, I did really love it, though. And it, and it kind of took me by surprise, to be honest with you, because I, I, I was one of those people that I really did enjoy the, um, the Watchmen, the film. And um, and I've, the few. Read, I've only read a little bit of the comic, so that may be why I kind of appreciated the the film itself, and and even Zack Snyder's vision of the Watchmen. Um, and I, I don't know. I I think it was because it was kind of. I remember when the Watchmen came out, it was kind of around the rise of like the superhero films. And when it first came out, there was nothing like it. So this is before the rated R superhero films like that were that were more accustomed to, um, like like Deadpool or even like with the with the Joker. So it was a little something, you know, it was a little jarring. And I kind of really got into the story and and how you had these people who were considered to be superheroes, but they were actually you know, regular people, but then at the same time they would be narcissistic and and a couple of them were like sociopaths and rapists and things like that. And I was like, man, I ain't never seen some, no shit like this before in my life. So I like what the what the show adds to this world as like in a sense being a sequel to to the Watchmen, to the to the movie and to the comic books. Yeah, I love the first two thirds of the Zack Snyder movie. I didn't love how it ended, but you know, two thirds of it, I was just absolutely in bliss. Uh, Aaron, what did you think of the HBO show? Well, quickly commenting on the the movie, I like it more than I dislike it. Uh, but I will say, if you read the book uh, before you get to the movie, it it definitely influences how you right. see things because even the ending's a little bit different. Uh, yeah. Having said that, it looks like at least an HBO series. Actually, I mean, eh, it could happen either way, I guess, to some degree. But like, you, you feels like it's it's taking that comic book um, feel. Ozymandias does what he does, you know, to some degree. Neither one, um, in, in different methods. But the the squid version is what you get in the comic. Um, so far through this show, I'll say. It had a very bold beginning uh, using the Tulsa race riots as a background. And what's interesting is for some people looking at that, they might be like, oh, well, you know, since other parts of America's history are falsified or exaggerated to some degree, having Nixon stay president for that long amount of time. What Redford has been president for like three decades, they said so far. I can't remember. Yeah. 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 yeah like it's, it's all these little backdrop things. It's like, you know, um, an alternate history to some degree. But the Tulsa race riots did happen really, for real, for it happened, real. It happened how they depicted it, too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, not to get deep, deep, deep into that right now, but um, so the Tulsa race riots are basically uh, happening near the end of Reconstruction. This is like early 1920s. I think it's like 1921 or something like that. Um, it was a neighborhood of... Um, Middle to uh, high class uh, black folks. Yeah, yeah. Black Wall Street, all black town. Um, Had their own dentistry, grocery stores, banks, so on and so forth. They were very um, self-sufficient. A woman, a white woman claimed that some some, uh, black male had done something. Uh, Some people end up, as a consequence, end up getting into some scuffles, and then eventually it turns to a complete race riot, including the government also bombing, the federal government bombing um, the um, all-black town. So that's what we're witnessing. That actually happened. So I gotta say, just, I know I've spent a bunch of time getting into my thoughts on the show, but I just gotta say, like, that is a very, 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 very bold thing to do. It's start of a show. And it's setting a tone immediately. Then we see 
well, wait a minute. There's a group called the Cavalry that's white supremacist based off, you know, and they use Rorschach as their symbols. Like, oh, shit. Like, I just got to say, as a black person watching the show, I did not expect this. Even as someone who watched, oh, excuse me, watched the movie, read the books. That's not, I mean, it's it's present. You can definitely roll with that. But that's a very bold vision and choice for the show. So yeah. just from the jump, I was like, what am I saying? This is insane. Like, we haven't even seen a vision like this really allowed um, in American media like that. Not really. Even, even when people have tried to push those boundaries, there's sometimes they just don't go certain places. But what was really cool was, like, even as there's all this racial subtext, it felt so effortless having the characters be together in the way that they interact. And just everything about the show, I think it's a really it's a great tool to force of what happens if we just kind of let people alone and do things with their vision. Uh, I know Alan Moore is likely not very happy that his work <laughs> is being used after <laughs> asking people not to use it. Uh, but I think that it does serve the, the legacy well four episodes in. So, yeah, Tim, God we've talked a more. bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. And and Tim, we've talked a bunch so far. Uh, yeah. What, what, what did you think of the show uh, up to this point? You know, the more it gets away from the Tulsa race riots, the more I've liked it. I felt like that was such a big, dramatic opening, and I kind of wondered whether the show had earned it. Like, I didn't know if this superhero show was a show that got to use that, because it is I such think, an but, important but, but, moment. But that's what Watchmen is, though, right? I don't know. I mean, my thing is, I've started to enjoy the show more as I've just like embraced it as a crazy show and not worried about the meaning of it. But when it started off like it was going to address like race in America and then I didn't feel like it was actually saying anything about race in America, it it annoyed me a little bit. Like I just thought, what is this show trying to do? And as I've just kind of laid back and watched the show more passively and engaged with it less, I think I've enjoyed it more. I do appreciate any time anyone educates America about its own history because it's funny. One thing Damon Lindelof said in the podcast for, um, for Watchmen was – Every black person he talked to was like, oh, yeah, Tulsa race riots. And every white person he talked to was like, huh? Like, and yeah. m- myself, I was vaguely aware of the Tulsa race riots. And I was largely aware of them because you wrote a script a while ago that started off with something very similar to the Tulsa race riots, um, yeah. which made me more aware of it. But uh, I don't know. I guess I didn't I didn't feel like they were saying anything clearly about race. And I didn't understand why they were relying on it so much. And I worried worried and i'm not saying they did this that they were kind of like embracing like a cool cause to tell their story as opposed to actually having something original to say oh and trust me when i saw that first i sat up and i was like where the hell is this going um no go ahead keith what were you about to say no i don't mean completely interrupt but i'm trying to get my thoughts together because i thought about this and i feel like all of it is connected to the yes, yes. story, meaning that like Me too. when you think of like so so if in a in a real life scenario where heroes exist, well not heroes, but like more so vigilantes, because that's pretty much what the watchmen were, right? Totally. Mm-hmm. So who is the one that determines if their actions that they commit is right or wrong and what separates them from a person that lynches something? Or because in their minds, because rather you're a white supremacist, rather you a vigilante like the Punisher, rather you Rorschach or whatever you want to call it, in your mind, your cause is just. Like yeah, you're the hero of the story. So I even thought- if you go around straight murdering, massacring people, and you feel like it is for, in some type of way in your mind, for a greater good, what separates you from the next person? And the thing is, and, and Tim, please, please finish up. I just want to mention this too. The show does a good job of that. I think it's the second episode where they had they showed a clip of the Minutemen, and like a guy comes in and he saves like some I don't know when it is, but it's like much further in the past and where you are in the present. And the guy comes in and he saves the day, but then he's killing all the villains. <laughs> yeah, like forties or fifties, and it's super yeah, violent. It, yeah, and it's like, whoa, wait a minute, because sure. like they, they were like, thank goodness he came to save us. But in the same time, he's like, he's like murdering people like like in a very very violent, bloody, pulpy way. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yes, praise me. At one point, I thought they were making the point that in comic books and movies, people who wear masks are generally good guys, and in real life, people who wear masks are generally bad guys. It's racist. It's the Klan. 
who are of course racists. It's things, it's people who are doing criminal things that they don't want to be identified with. And then I just thought like, well, how is that an interesting point? It isn't like any of us are going, oh man, I wish Batman was real. Like that's what we need <laughs> right now. Like well, all well, of us who love Batman are kind of like, this is fun. This is entertainment. This is escapism. None of us actually want the cops to put on mask, masks and go out and, you know, crack heads. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, I don't know, but there is, it is funny. Like if you ever watch Batman and you know, you, he, you know, he's talking about, uh, Okay, like I had this thought when uh, we first see, I, I can remember her name right now, Angela Abar. Oh my God, what's her name? Night Sky. Lady Night. Lady sister Night. Night. Damn, I'm like, isn't it Sister Night? Is it yeah, sister? it is Sister Night. We slaw. Yeah, you're right, Sister Night. I'm sorry. Look at that. Look at that. We so bad. Um. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah. So like when she in the first episode gets the information from the guy about where, um the the seventh cavalry is hiding and she you know beats him real good and i was thinking damn batman does do this quite a lot and then we we laugh and say how cool it is but he's kind of fucked up actually he's beating their ass and, and and then he also cracks their bones like he does a lot of that batman loves to break bones boy yeah and you don't know i mean what these people ain't got insurance i'm sure like you know wayne foundation ain't you know doing all the criminal bills um no one uh, of the so. recent comic books said like you know is the best thing you could possibly do really go out and beat up poor people. And that is what Batman does. I mean, he goes out and yeah. beats up criminals who are stealing because they're not going to make that much money having a regular job. But another thing I was thinking about, like we, since we live in a world where comic books exist and this idea of superheroes and vigilante exist, it's kind of hard to say how much that actually influence us as a culture. Right. Meaning like, it it was um what was that movie with um American Sniper? Okay. So the guy that they based that movie off of, you know, he's considered. I'm. I mean, I I respect all of our troops and everything that they do, but you know, he is definitely considered to be an American hero. And and I I think if I remember correctly, in the movie they were on their tanks, they would have like the symbol of the Punisher on their tanks. Right, yeah. On their, on their, um, you know, he he had it on him and stuff. And then there's also been, you know, certain certain police officers that at also put like the Punisher symbol on their on their cars and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I feel like that idea is kind of ingrained within our society. And there are people who who feel like they have the right to take matters into their own hands. It's well, the police the here do, huh? I was, well, and uh, yeah, I do want you to definitely finish your your point, Tim. Please, uh, I was going to mention that in this show, they definitely do seem to feel like they can justify whatever they do, but that justification is based on what happened on what they call the White Christmas in the show, where the clan came and and went to all of the um, the cowboys. The, yeah, yeah, they they went to all the homes of uh, police officers and their families on Christmas night and and you know attacked them with the intent to kill. But then we got to we don't really know what brought the rise of the Calvary. You know, yeah, we, we do. Yeah, we did. They, they mentioned all it was was that reparations for Tulsa. Oh, OK. okay. It does. It yeah. does seem like the instigating incident is the Tulsa race riots. And then anybody who has relatives who are in the Tulsa race riots can get red for or I think they're called red. Oh, oh reparations okay. or something. Yeah. But they're named after. Oh, President red. Redford, like as a, oh, yeah, like yeah, as yeah, a yeah, joke. Yeah. I think I think it's like Obamacare where they pin it on whoever the president was. And then the cavalry is. Yeah. And the cavalry is so shocked and offended by this that they have to become like the new clan or something like that. But uh, I first I think it's interesting. The Punisher who gets embraced by all these cops and things like that is one of the only superheroes who doesn't wear a mask. That just doesn't fit in with the show's. Um, I guess anti-mask policy or well, even on the Netflix show, he's being chased down by cops and shooting at cops. I don't know. It's weird. I don't. I mean, if, if you actually watch the medium based on the icon you're using, it just doesn't go together. But but you know. I, but I yeah, also Punisher's think an anti-hero. That, yeah, he's definitely an anti-hero, and all of the Watchmen are anti-heroes. But but also, I think too when you think about the Watchmen in the movies. Or in the comic books, that that time period take place um, from what the '60s between the '60s and the '80s, right? So yeah, I think they have flashbacks uh, the, 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 to the 
that yeah, yeah, I was about minimum. to say some yeah. flashbacks. Well, no, yeah. even even earlier than that, because I think the whole mm-hmm. the, the the hero dressed up in masks. That's and that's post World War Two, right? So and silk similar, and... it's similar to like comic books in real life. So the people of that time, they probably felt like, oh, these people are actually heroes. So so of course they dressed up, you know, in masks and beat people to a, a pulp. And they were hiding behind this idea of, of heroism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's I, why I feel they were the mask. Because you, when you look at a character like the comedian, he was pretty much the punisher in the mask. You know? Well, yeah, I would say before we keep going deep into Watchmen lore, let, let's jump back into the show a little bit and, and talk about some of the, the things that, that happened in it. Um, so... At least for 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 example, the end of the first episode. What did you guys think of that? And what do you guys think of that mystery of who killed the captain of the police force? That's the main thing for me. I keep finding myself falling asleep during the show because I don't really care if Don Johnson was a racist or not. Um, it's only interesting. It's, it's like the relationship at stake is the rich relationship between Regina King and her boss, who I get that they were like tight and they were friends and things like that. But it isn't like, you know, my husband is secretly a racist or something. It's just like the emotional stakes aren't that high for me. So I'm just kind mm-hmm. of there to be entertained. And they do a really good job at like from a moment to moment level, keeping you entertained with just like shocking images and crazy things that you've never seen before that are cool. And like music, that musical choices that are really like, you know, kind of bold and things like that. And it is entertaining on a minute to minute basis. But then when the show ends, I don't really have anything lingering like like with Breaking Bad, where I'm like, oh my gosh, what I have done, what Walter White did in that situation. Like, I never feel that engaged. I do enjoy yeah, cause, it. Yeah, I would say, because yeah. it seems like the show is very much working off of um, the, the the pool is supposed to be the mystery, the, the different mysteries in place. Um, who is Angela's grandfather, really? Was the captain really a racist? Um, who keeps leaking all this information to you know the cavalry? Um, you know uh, what is what is um, what's going on? Uh, Ozymandias. What the hell is going on with him actually? Yeah, why is it <laughs> taking so long to figure out what's going on with him? Like he has clones. Okay, he has clones and he disregards the the life of his clones and treats them appallingly. Like we get it, but. Why is that a good mystery? Like they could have just they could have I felt like they could have spelled that out in like three minutes and they've really, really dragged that out and just taken you know it more and more. But, Go ahead. Well, I was, I was going to say, I, I think the pool here is supposed to be he's not, and it seems really they did this very intentionally in the last episode. He's not on Earth. I don't know where he is. But he's not on Earth. Oh, interesting. I never got that he wasn't on Earth, but I know he does look seems like he's in exile, though. Well, because the only reason it seems really clear is because when when you're sitting there watching, um, remember how um, and we don't have time probably to get real deep. And this is so many mysteries in his show. But like the clones he's using when he calls them Mr. Phillips and Mrs. Hancock or something. I can't remember. Yeah. Online, they're called like the mime and the marionette. So whatever that means. Okay, so oh, I'm probably missing something. So you know the the um, whole thing at the end where he well not in the last episode he's catapulting the clones over and over and over again. And if you ever notice, like when he has like that little I don't even know what to call it, but the thing he's using to like look out it's not a telescope, but he's looking out to see where they are. And you ever notice like they don't fall? No, they never fall. Like there's like. It, you ever notice like the, there's not a real sky there? It's like this little blurry thing. But like once they shoot past a certain point, you, you just don't see them anymore. They don't fall. They don't go left or right. Nothing. They just disappear. It's That's like cool. there's a horizon and then they just they're not there anymore. So he's not he, he might be on Earth, but he's not like in a normal physical realm. Because he, they, so one way or another, he's a captive, but we don't know what that means yet. And the only thing that we know it could mean is, is Mr. Manhattan. To our own knowledge, but technology uh, he, he in this universe is so radioactive. Weird. Medical school for 15 years to be called Mister Manhattan. That is that is Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> Mister Manhattan. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> could call him by his real name too. But yes, so he doesn't blast me from this from this uh, multiverse. I'll call him Doctor. Uh, but 
<laughs> your man's is got them somewhere. Or or the thing is technology is at some point where like all kinds of things are happening that we don't know to be real. Like I'm, I honestly don't even know if the captain's dead since we cloning people like this. You know, and right. not we've seen Ozymandias do it, but it's kind of hard for me to believe that, you know, he can do it. But this woman who is a trillionaire who looks up to him in some way and, and bought his company, so likely has some of the research he worked on, couldn't also make clones of people and like bring them up real quick if she wanted. Oh, the situation with that baby where he's where she's like, I made you guys a baby when you couldn't conceive one on your own. And it's mine now, unless you give me your house and, and uh, you know, as part of the package. Like, that is, legally speaking, definitely their baby. Like, if, if that went to court, <laughs> they would get that baby. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think trillionaires really give a shit about courts, but. <laughs> yeah. So there's that part. And the other thing is, I think that her, I, here's, here's what I think the real big mystery of this show is, honestly. What we saw, this, this is my theory, right? I ain't seen this nowhere. Okay, so when that episode starts and they do the whole thing that's really freaking creepy and we should go back and talk about if we have time about what you would do in that situation. Um, But after she hands them the baby and they walk outside and then a meteor hits, I'm telling y'all, that's an experiment to get Ozymandias back from wherever Dr. Manhattan has him. Oh, okay. I I like this theory. Yeah, I like this theory. Because they're definitely connected to him somehow. Now, the thing is, whatever's going on between her and um, I can't think of uh, Angela's grandfather, whose mm-hmm. first name is Will, the old man, 100 some year old man. Mm-hmm. So they're all connected to Ozymandia somehow. I don't know what Tulsa as a town has to do with anything and how that's connected. Maybe it's because it's like the center of the U.S. It almost is it is the center of the U.S. Am I crazy? I think it's in Missouri, but it's it's around there, said the West well, Coaster. Tul- they're, they're in Tulsa, Oklahoma, specifically. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. so Tul- Tulsa, Oklahoma is probably really close to the center of um, of the U.S. I'm pretty certain it is. And it's given that, solid middle America, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh my God, I'm a genius. Anyway, so basically, some about the center of the United States, blah, 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 blah. Need the center for some. We can bring Ozymandias, and we need 40 acres of room. To get them here, and make sure like for a flash. Forty rate. acres. Remember, they bought the house and they bought forty-eight. She said, "I need your house. I, I want this house. I'm, I'm going to buy this house and I want the forty acres it's on." Okay, I missed the forty acres illusion because that's that's good stuff. Yeah. I mean, forty acres and a mule. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Uh, but I'm thinking that um, that's what this is about. Huh. That they want, so they want a place to land Ozymandias from wherever he is, because they're all connected to him. And when he says, "Man, I really hate that we had to do this. I'm all in. Are you all in? I'm all in." It's something about bringing Ozymandias back, because they got to do something to get the the peace back. It's something else that he's planning to do to get things in the order that it needs to be in, because things are out of whack again. So they've got to do some sort of sacrifice, and it probably would now include Tulsa. It's another calling to keep get the world back where it ought to be. I guess mm-hmm. that makes sense to me. It, uh, my issue with the show, and again, I'm enjoying the show on a minute-to-minute basis. I'm just not giving it that much thought. I'm not worrying about it too much. Um, is that there seem to be a lot of really complicated things going on that they could have explained very easily if they wanted to. And they're making them complicated not because it's you know, essential for my understanding of the situation or to deepen the emotion or anything like that, but just because like it's a TV show and... TV shows have to go on for a long time and there needs to be a reason for people to tune in every week. And I just don't feel like, I feel like some of the things they've done have been a little bit of like shenanigans and fun rather than the best possible way to tell the story. <laughs> I'm oh, still having fun. I'm, no, no, I'm, I'm curious. Can you give an example? <laughs> I mean, the whole situation with the explanation of how the clones work, um, definitely the whole situation going back and forth with whether Don Johnson is a racist um, the whole backstory of uh, the FBI agent could have been rolled out a lot more simply. Definitely the stuff with her oh, grandfather. Are we talking about, uh, are we talking about oh, okay, you are talking about Lori Blake. Okay, yep. Yeah, with the grandfather who I just realized today is Louis Gossett Jr. That's an amazingly great casting. Um, just all those things felt needlessly complicated to mess with me, to mess with me as a viewer. 
And, you know, that's that's cool. That's their prerogative. But, like, Damon Lindelof is the guy who made me get through all of Lost and invest an incredible amount of time to have all these mysteries answered that were never really answered. So I just I, – I approached Damon oh, Lindelof's oh, so stories. You, you're, just, you're just scared. Yeah, I get it. I'd be scared <laughs> yeah, too, I, man. I, I, I approach them with caution. Like, I, I take it like – it's like if you're in a relationship with somebody and it's like, this is fun now, but where is this going? You just have to be like, just enjoy, like, day to day. This might not be going anywhere. Yeah, that's how I feel about a relationship. Um, <laughs> next, uh, why do you why do you guys think the um, cavalry uses uh, Rorschach as a symbol? Because he's racist. Because <laughs> Rorschach, Rorschach is racist. Yeah, yeah, he was racist. Man, y'all got to read these books, man. God, do you <laughs> did you not read the Watchmen book? I think I forgot about him being racist. The only thing I oh really my remember God. about yeah, okay. Rorschach. Okay, so look, we can't even really have this conversation if you ain't read the book. <laughs> I did go back. I have. And- I have. Okay. Okay. I did. Go, I haven't. I have not read the whole book. I'm gonna be honest with you. I do want to buy it, but before before we ever before we even um record, I like last week sometime I went back and watched the movie, and I listened to some of the stuff that he said, and I was like, um, I can kind of see it, but I know yeah, they toned it down. Movie, I was like, oh, he's a cool character, you know. Um, he's a cool character. He just he's a, a racist sociopath. Yeah, like he's literally, yeah, he's definitely a sociopath. And so, do is the journals that he wrote? Is that pretty much what was found in the end when he? I mean, the, wrote the truth and what actually happened. So, from what I know, offhand, and and look, somebody's gonna definitely correct me when they listen to the podcast. So I don't know. So okay, so in the original book, we don't know what's in that journal. It's just sent in the mail to you know some journalist, and he said, you know, do it or what you will, kind of thing. Um, at some point, DC against the wishes of Alan Moore. Um, anything past <laughs> the original book is not some Alan Moore signed on to, so it Look, is canon, but it did not come from the grave. <laughs> right. I'm sorry to cut you off. Can you no, no, say no. Again, please, I'm sorry. No, but anything that's happened outside of the original book is not coming from the original creator, Alan Moore. Um, but having said that, there are things that are out there. Uh, there was a, a, a book series called Before Watchmen that DC put out not too long ago. They've done a lot of things with those characters since. I think there's supposed to be some contents of that journal created for the purposes of creating additional content. But the big thing is mostly what's in those. Oh, wait a minute. This is whoa, whoa. Huh. Okay. So this is hitting me now. What's supposed to be in those journals is the truth. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The truth and what happened. Um, I don't what think they actually did because they mentioned that a little bit in the movie. Well, but I don't know if people it's OK. So far in the show, it's not clear people know what he did. We just see now one thing that does come up in the first episode is those raining squids. Mm-hmm. But we still don't know what that's about. But I don't know if the world knows what he did. Like we don't ever, we don't know what's in that journal. No, they do know what he did. At least, at least. No, no. Okay, well, okay. Look, to, to be more clear, they know the squid thing happened. That doesn't well, mean they yeah. know that. Oz- no, the reason why. Okay, so they don't mention him specifically do it, but there's a lot of things that hint towards it. Like even when um, what's the name, Lord Blake Silver Specter, aka. FBI agent, whatever. You remember when she was telling that joke about yeah. the um yeah, the, yeah. The hero. No, no, but she was there though. She witnessed it. So remember, the only people in the world oh, who she, know oh, what she, happened. Yeah, she was there. It was her, uh, Rorschach, who got killed by Doctor Manhattan, who who knew what happened, and then uh, uh was it Night Out? What's the dude's name? It was like Al. Was that in the comic book? Because yeah, the movie. She wasn't there. So I the movie. Yeah, okay, look in the comics, she's there. Like, like, like there's a lot of things. So, in that so movie. she knows what Os- Osmond Dez did. Yeah, I feel like the journal exposes that. It's a, okay. Again, we don't know what's in the journal yet, so I can't okay. just 100% say that's definitely in there. But if it's definitely in there, one thing that would be weird is like, why wouldn't they have just given? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you don't have to give them a death sentence, but. We we just don't know yet. They have gotten. I think the reason the thing is he disappeared. They did mention that he disappeared after the incident. Yeah, I don't uh-huh. know. I mean, if he disappeared, that means he's not in jail. So that means Doctor Manhattan definitely got him cooped up somewhere. 
I don't think Dr. Manhattan got him, to be honest with you. I think it's something else going on. He's captive, though. He's captive. I don't know if Dr. Manhattan has anything. Because Dr. Manhattan... It, it, okay, so so here's the thing. It might not even be Dr. Manhattan, but somebody got him somewhere cooped up in a place that's not in, like, a regular realm. But the, yeah. the thing you got to remember, though, the reason I think it could be is because it's almost like there's a playful nature to what's happening, which is different than, like, if you just say straight up prisoner. Because, like, when he goes out and he shoots that bison in the eye and the dude was like, he sent him a letter and said, you know, you didn't abide by the rules of, of you know, what we agreed to. <laughs> yeah. That's that's not a prisoner thing, you know, in, in the in the in the earthly sense, you know, the way we normally talk about prison. Mm-hmm. The biggest mystery of the show for me and the most compelling mystery for me is where is Dr. Manhattan? Like, what is he doing? And if he's been dealing with Osmodius this entire time, that would kind of be interesting. If you were hiding in plain sight, um, keeping Osmodius reined in, that would be interesting. And I have no idea how to pronounce Ozymandias, by the way, even though I think it's Ozymandias. He's probably been butchering this. Then when you think about it, why would he do that? He could just kill him. And then well, that's the thing. He pro- because he needs him for something. But he hmm. doesn't really. Another thing, Doctor Manhattan obviously does not really care. Like but, he, but but okay, so so went to Mars. He we don't. All right, so the thing about that is. Okay, keeping in mind again, this is not the original creator doing it. They they do pay homage. And they they do. I think when, when we do see kind of some retreads of what's happened, they they do pay special care to make sure that they're not like stomping on the legacy, which is really hard for a show to do without including the original creator. Yeah. It does seem like there is when Doctor Manhattan feel like enough is enough. He just take care of business, right? Now he might not feel like humans are. He, he feels like humans are, are goofy or whatever, right? And he <laughs> left the Earth. He left the galaxy. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, like the end of Watchmen. Um, the the um, he goes comic. to a less complicated world. Yeah. Yeah. Now having said that, though, he was kind of sick of humanity. He still came back and was thinking to save people. I forget why he couldn't actually see that future of what happened. Like some w- was was interesting about that. I can't remember what now. But where he can't see his own future, and I think he was so connected to it that he couldn't see it. Some yeah, yeah, I can't remember what it was, but you know, he he's not completely without emotion. I mean, he he's you know. Oh, for sure. I mean, when he thought he radioactivated his mm-hmm. his lady friend, mm-hmm. he was very very upset. I mean, yeah. And that's why he went to Mars, and 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 that let everything kick off for Osmandis. He was like, "Hell yeah, I got it down, son." So, well, yeah. <laughs> One thing I do think is really cool about the show um, that Lindelof said again on the official podcast is that when he read the po- when he read the comics, it was always kind of right in the line between like really good and this could totally go off the rails. Like this might just become terrible at any time, and I mean yep. like. The fact that like this blue naked dude is so compelling to all of us is really a testament to what a good job they did of straddling that line. And then, you know, characters like Night Owl are sort of cool, sort of really stupid, and we're still we still find it compelling. And the show keeps doing things where I'm like, do I really like this or really hate this? And I think that is pretty entertaining. I mean, like it's a good roller coaster ride in the moment it's kind of like a roller coaster ride in that when you're in it it's so so involving and so completely all-encompassing it's all you can think about you can't think about anything else while you're on a roller coaster but then once you get off the roller coaster you're like eh. well i don't know i mean i think it does some things that are I, I they, they're really good at attention yeah no well i understand that yeah but the, the thing it does do a good job of is building tension because I just don't feel, like it. I never feel safe in that show. Like I feel like something I'm that I just couldn't have imagined will happen every other moment. Like it cuts away. Like when I can't see. Like when the camera is is facing a character that's like running towards something. I'm like, oh shit, what's about to happen? Like <laughs> when uh when uh uh Angela's running after the that. The slippery dude. Yeah, I yeah, was like, that's great. I, first off, I was like, that is weird. And then I was like, man, she caught up to him quick. And then I was just like, why is he pulling out this oil? And I was like, wait a minute, is that like, is he about to like 
turn around and flame on or something. Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and he <laughs> slides through a sewer. I'm like, what in the world? So <laughs> And it's one of the only shows I've ever seen where part of the tension of the show is, is this a good show? Right. But, you know, I don't even question it. I just really think that it's a good show, in my opinion. Like, I just enjoy it. And I enjoy the mystery. I enjoy them kind of messing with me a little bit. Cause it, and then it's make you think, like, okay, is, is this, how far how far are they going to go? Like, is, it, is there a plan to pretty much end the world? as we know it, that's going on, because they keep doing, like, the TikTok and kind of hinting towards... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, sums up. Like, sums up. I, I just... I feel like, like, for example, I don't trust the mayor. He, he's on... He on some oh, shit. The, the because... Yeah, like, he, he... That was the classic Love version of, like, a... I, like, I'm gonna, you know... I'm gonna... Okay, like, for example... We already saw this trick, right? So maybe, maybe the the clan always does this. Oh man, I got shot too. Look at oh, you're alive too. Cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Or like uh, the mayor's like, oh no, he said he wanted me. Oh no, I'm getting kidnapped, man. Woo, they really wanted me. Can't suspect me of being a clansman. You know, like I was like, I wonder if like that's just like like their mo. Like they just all do this because he just seems shysty as hell. Like I don't trust him. Um, not the least bit. That actor, James Wilk, is really good at those characters. He played a character like that on Mad Men, where his name was Bob, and he's just super friendly and seems super together, but you, everybody speculated for like the entire season that he was up to something very questionable. Like They were like, oh yeah, that guy's a CIA spy. Like There were all these theories about this <laughs> relatively minor character on Mad Men, just because that actor has that quality, where he's just a little like too perfect. He's like oh, the Rob Lowe character, kind of. Yeah. You and also, do, you, do y'all trust Carl, Ooh. Angela's husband? Uh, yeah, I like Carl. I like Carl's speech about death, where it was like, if you just explained this to kids this way, it might save us so much stress. Where it's just like, there's nothing, and then you're alive, and then there's nothing again. <laughs> and that's so depressing. <laughs> it's I kind of like don't depre- trust him, though. <laughs> it was like depressing but comforting at the same time, where it's like, if that's the worst case scenario, like you just go to nothing, that's not that bad. Well, I think that's actually worse than. <laughs> I think because I, I, I wonder what he's seen. Like, I'm really curious about him. There's something about him I don't trust yet. I just. He he just when he was saying like what yo you know blah 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 I hate lying blah 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 and I'm like you just lied to somebody I don't know if you lied to Angela I don't know if you lied to uh to Lori when she came and talked to you you lying to somebody. I don't. I don't really just care for the dynamic, I guess, you know. Is he like a house husband or something like that? <laughs> that's that's what you upset about it. I mean I, almost, I, I don't keep know. Keep in mind they got reparations. Yeah, but I, I don't know. He just seen I don't know. You think that's he's me. He, 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 the roles are like completely shift. Like Yeah, like like so so like she's the one getting the call. Uh, while he has to stay at home and protect the kids, she's like talking to him. Like if somebody comes to the door, you shoot him. And normally that's that's what the man says to the woman. He's like <laughs> maternal. And even like when them people like bust in the house, it's like he like disappeared. And yeah, like just won't trust his ass. I'm telling like, some off. Hey, you didn't come to protect your wife. She lied. Okay, look, 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 look. I'm telling something is really wrong. I'm look. Just just hear me out, right? Think about that scene again. All right, take take like five <laughs> seconds to think about it. All right, y'all remember it now? You the, the everything scene. that happened? Yeah, the Christmas scene. Christmas scene. Yeah. All right, y'all got it in your heads? Kind of remember everything that happened? Yeah, yeah, you think he's definitely dead, and that he's definitely not dead for some reason. It ain't just that. We don't even know how she got in the hospital. No, the yeah. um, the uh, the what's the name saved her? Her um, the white guy. Her boss. Don uh-huh. Johnson? Nope, 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 nope. Whoa, whoa, whoa. See, I remember watching it thinking that happened too. But then when I thought about it a little bit longer, only thing that happened, they both were at their own homes. Yeah, but he said he came. He said he saved her. We didn't see it. We didn't see it, but that's what the, the man I said. I know what he said. He also, <laughs> he also a clansman. I know what he said. Right. And then there was the theory that they raised later. They were like, well, what if he just like kept it as a memory that his grandfather used to be a clansman? Like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's all that. possible, right? I just think it's possible, <laughs> no, right? No, we don't keep that. 
No, but yeah, you I, I mean, you, you, don't, you don't keep it behind your, your good ties and shit. Like, what is that? Yeah, you got in a secret compartment. Like, no. Nah, son. I just keep this perfectly pressed as a reminder just, to never be the first. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean you can keep the you can keep your 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 uh your pappy's badge. Ain't nothing wrong with that, but you ain't got to keep his hood. You keep that like under in like under under the all the medals and all that. That's the that's supposed to be shamed and not like put up in a a freaking. But he had like in a case. It was all neat and pressed. Oh, like it was, it was sitting up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was on the door. That shit's weird to me. Does it does it bother you that like? They just like use the clan like a supervillain. Like it appears like Darth Vader or something. Like I just I don't know if they have earned the right. I understand that like if you're making a movie that's about fighting the clan, if you're making Black Klansmen, you have to show clan imagery. Like, should you use it for like a superhero show? And I, okay, I believe so... that anybody. By the way, I think anybody can do whatever they want. Like that's cool. People should tell interesting stories. They should go out there. They should take risks. But like, I just don't know if it works for me as a viewer. Like if I am going for it dramatically. So the, the only the only reason I, I'll I'd let it go in this case, like all right. So if the show was literally like just a bunch of clansmen and they were rounding them up, that would feel a little weird. But in this case, it's Rawshack. So it. it what you're saying, it, it, like that, that subtext is is constantly present, but that imagery of using Rorschach makes it feel a little different, or, or at least like it, it makes it feel specific to this world. I'll say, how about that? You know what it made me think of, though. I know this this might seem a little bit off, but have you guys ever seen the original Birth of a Nation? Yeah, like the black and white Birth of a Nation film. And pretty much, you know, they always say like, uh, I mean, I, I, ain't been... I have it in a, I have it behind my good ties on a screen in my ah, okay. apartment. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, I ain't been to a Klansman meeting lately or nothing, but from my understanding, the last um, one was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that's something that I guess um, Klansmen watch or like that's their movie. And it's supposed to, of course, for people that don't know about it, it's supposed to be like this dramatization of the birth of the Ku Klux Klan. And but it paints them up as being like American heroes. Right. Yeah. Like they like, kicked the mulatto people out of government and saved the white towns and, and all that. Yes. Yeah, so, because all the mulatto people and the African African-American slaves are like pretty much the villains and they're evil and then you have all these other people coming in trying to change their way of life and so there was a the part where um you know he the guy sees these kids playing around with some sheets and they um acting like ghosts and they chasing after each other oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I, this is a silent film and it's like when he's like ha ha so he comes up with this idea that we're going to dress up and it's i think it, I, I know this might sound weird, but it, that that's like one of them the moments, right? Like if you painting yourself or a group of people painting themselves out to be a hero, it's kind of like that that moment when Batman decided I'm gonna dress up like a bat when the bat came flying through the window. <laughs> it, oh, I'm about to draw this suit and I'm gonna be dressed up as a spider. You know what I'm saying? So I'm thinking like. I, I'm, I'm trying to see where I'm going with this. I think the whole thing is like what what we were saying earlier is that these people in their own way view themselves as being heroes. And I think Laura Blake had mentioned something about that too. Like she yeah. said, only people that she knows that has hidden compartments in their homes are people who think they're heroes. And she said, I eat heroes for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And And that's the whole thing. Like, who who deems themselves to be a hero? Who is who is right and who really is wrong? You know. Well, even like what happened at the start of like, I think it was the third episode when we we're first introduced to her, and they like you know she like, plays a part of like yeah well well yeah I mean like <laughs> oh I'm gonna hold up this bank and then the vigilante comes out and he knocks out three people and then he realizes everybody in the bank is FBI and she's like oh what if the FBI gave you that tip because they know vigilantes will try to show up and stop a robbery. And you're like, oh, okay, that's neat. Like, he's going to try to run out and he'll do a couple dodges and then, you know, he'll, you know, get away. She shot this man in the back three times. And then, <laughs> and then old buddy was like, 
Now, I mean, this is such normal Hollywood stuff. Now he's like, "How'd you know the bullet, the body armor was gonna stop the bullet?" She just didn't even say anything. Just keeps walking. <laughs> and then the guys like uh, in the crowd, he's a hero. And she's like, "He's not a hero. He's just an, a rich asshole trying mm-hmm. to beat up people." So I actually put it, but it is funny because like the only people, and I thought this is such a funny thing for Watchmen to bring up in the comic. Because like the only people who could even be a vigilante would have to be rich people. Cause like you can't afford all that shit, and it was Not like really it kind of narrows though. it down. Well, I mean, if you got gadgets and this and that, I mean, dude had like lots of body armor. Like that's not Rorschach would go out with a trench coat and a hat and like his little. Um, yeah, he just had a grappling hook. I mean, cloak and dagger are like regular. Well, they have superpowers. Okay, but um. <laughs> Daredevil I was about to say, where are we going with this? <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, broke superheroes. And I think the Punisher is not, kind of the only right. one. Yeah, he had access. He got access to military stuff, though. So that's kind of... Eventually, kinda yeah. Think. Broke superheroes. Oh, 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 I got one. I got one. Power Man. Spider. Okay, but the thing about Power yeah. Man, Power Man and Spider-Man, neither one of them are rich, but they both have that's powers. Yeah, so... Oh, y'all talking about regular people power. just doing... Um... There's no rich. do it with with um no powers at all. So well, you talking about okay, a broke human being a hero. That's what y'all broke talking human about. Human vigilante. Because we've talked before about how Batman's superpower is he's rich, and Iron Man's superpower is he's rich. I mean, they're also smart, but it doesn't matter how smart those guys are. <laughs> they're they're multi billionaires. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I guess it comes down to like if you're if you have no powers, you gotta at least be rich to to be to be a crime fighter. I mean, oh, no. Catwoman I, I think is a broke more. superhero, but she eventually gets money by being Catwoman. I kind of don't count. I don't know. Yeah, she. Um, yeah. Hey, question too. Uh, so, which okay? So, because I was thinking about this again. What do you guys feel like is being underutilized in the show so far? Um, I know we've kind of talked a lot about some of the mysteries and things we kind of feel like we wish they could kind of give us a little sooner just so we could be a little more invested in certain pieces and just kind of see where it's going instead of feel like the mystery is just kind of being drawn out to be drawn out. But like uh, what, what kind of are you waiting to have happen or what do you feel like could, could happen? It would really kind of take it to the next level. I'd like the show to make some kind of argument that I can engage with, like say these are the established facts. What do you think about these? So that I would have something to really puzzle over when the episode ends, because I feel like right now I go, oh well, if Don Johnson is a racist, oh but he might not be racist, but he probably is. But what if he's not? And then like <laughs> it's her grandfather, but what if it's not her grandfather? Well, I think it's 99% a grandfather, like that kind of stuff. Like the ground is shifting so often, it's hard to even like figure out what what the debate is. Mm. I think the only debate goes back to ultimately there are no heroes. There's none. I mean, I came in believing that, so I don't know. And I came in not thinking that average people should put on masks and become vigilantes. So I kind of feel like, is that what the show's arguing? Because, like, you don't need a show to do that. Like, save your money. Well, well so I get, it is kind of interesting, though, because... These sort of things that superheroes do are are they end up being the sorts of things that the police officers eventually end up doing, which is like to solve a mystery or some kind of crime. They take away the rights of several people in one way or another. And in this case, the people who are it's like in, in, in the goal to pursue the Klan, they are like violating the civil rights of several, several, several white people and like how are they saying they're connected to the cavalry it's not really clear they're just rounding them up and there is something interesting to me it's not like blatantly blatantly stated but watching these poor white people um i say poor they're not all poor but like a lot of these people who like have these stereotypical looks of what you might assume a person who's hiding in the clan to maybe look like to see those people having their civil rights violated in these large quantities all at once they're blindfolding them to be asses all together. I mean, they, they don't have them in cages, but like, you know, it's just like they are being harassed and their rights are being taken away like that. And it's interesting kind of to see that it, it, it's not banging the drum about it, but 
you know, in the pursuit of trying to do what's right, they're actually kind of repeating the ills in a different kind of way. And maybe even doing things that aren't making the situation any better. Because, like, even if these people weren't clansmen, like, let's just say, like, you're somebody who really, like, might have leaned more that direction, but, like, was not really about that at all. But then once you go through that situation and they're taking away all the shit from you, then maybe you you feel that. Now, the show's not saying that. Well, it, really. it's saying something it's smart, though. I mean, it. it's saying, like, oh, you kind of, like, look the other way on racial profiling when it's, like, Muslims or Latinos or something like that. But what about when it's white people? Like, suddenly you get how that's not cool, right? But hopefully people thought that racial profiling was bad already. So I, I just don't know who they're winning over. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It, it, and it, there are certain <laughs> times, like, the point out what y'all saying, it's almost... I don't know if it's like a role reversal in a sense, because like we have the racial profiling. Now I, I even thought about that from the first, what was it, the first episode where the uh, black cop pulls over the white guy in the truck. Mm-hmm. That was and a it, really interesting scene too. It was a very interesting scene, and it was it was even jarring because I didn't expect it to, to, to turn out the way that it did. I mean, which I shouldn't have been surprised after we just see a whole Tulsa massacre in the first scene. So I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm still trying to figure that figure that out about it. Um, I think it just, I think ultimately, it, it's just one of those kind of, I don't know how to say it, like hopeless, hopeless scenarios, like a nihilistic type of show. Like there's, there's really no. There, it's almost like there's no right and there's no wrong in this world. The show, it, it will, okay, like the, the overall philosophy of The Watchmen, this is me stating this, I, I've never seen this like said as canon anywhere necessarily, but like my read on The Watchmen constantly is human beings can't be trusted to just simply get along. Like mm-hmm. they have to have a common cause or they tend to um, kind of be easily manipulated or distracted um, and kind of go with each other's throats as individuals. Like you kind of have the, the idea of Ozymandias is basically you have to call the masses to a certain cause and, and you have to rile them around certain belief systems or like they just don't function. Like you, you need them like an ant in a colony. And when you, you, you don't really control situations and guide them to certain endpoints that you like they're either gonna do this or they're gonna do this and you can know where it's going then all hell breaks loose my whole read on what what the show eventually is leading to because it's like all these really broad things it's kind of saying and it keeps talking about like the world is gonna end and like the end is nigh all this kind of stuff something is gonna happen because you know even will i don't remember what sign he was holding up but he was holding up something or saying something about how things are gonna be real screwed up soon right <laughs> in the first episode i don't know exactly what all this stuff means but they're going to do something similar to ozymandias is supposed to like completely shake the global status quo and and that's that's the stakes of watchmen for me in in reading it that that's what i feel like it the gravitas is reaching for so that's what I'm expecting to see as we get closer and closer to the end. Also, I agree. That's a good that that that's a read that makes sense to me and makes the show a lot more interesting to watch. And I also had a question: Did Will get converted to fighting white supremacists by the Nazis? Yes, because that's just hilarious. <laughs> that is. Well. <laughs> I'm, I'm not about to break down any of the merits of anything being said about Nazis here, uh, but but right. there were there was literature that was passed around, um, and you used to see a lot of um, yeah like uh, people black like American black writers who would travel to Europe. James Baldwin would talk a whole bunch of trash about America after being out in Europe for a while. He was like, man, we get treated much better over there. Oh, um, I I totally see that if you go to France, but if you're in Nazi Germany, it's like what? Well, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 I mean that, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just like I a mean, funny twist. It it, it it is really funny, yeah. So I mean, again, 
we're, we're really deep in to be trying to have that conversation. But maybe if for some reason we come back to Watchmen, we can jump into that conversation. Because I think it is really interesting. And I, and I mean, the crazy thing is maybe similar to something like The Boys, Nazi Germany will come back in somehow. I don't know if like he's somehow affiliated with Nazis, but that's the only thing we know about his backstory is that his father was uh, definitely influenced by them in, in you know saying that the white man in America was racially prejudiced and would not let them you know, um, have oh, was that his father in World War I? Yeah, that was his father. That was his father. Okay, all right. Okay, so Germany in World War One was in a better moral position to make that argument than the Nazis. Okay. Yeah, but he did have that that literature, though, he was holding. Um, I don't know. Um, man, oh, God, there's so much going on with that. But yeah, I mean, America was definitely fighting against uh, Germany at that time. So, I don't know. The I'm not prepared to have that conversation yet. If we come back to like, I, I, I will do some research on that before we talk again. Um, we've been talking quite a bit. Well, I should probably close up now. But overall, um, I, I would definitely say the show is worth looking at and, and following and seeing where it goes. It's very interesting. If you have not engaged in the um, just amazing literature that is Watchmen, you should do it, Keith. Um, so you can get the full... Uh, taste of what what the whole saga is about. And credit to Watchmen. I do feel like we went on a journey in this conversation, and I learned things and considered things that I hadn't really thought about going into it. So, you know, that's a credit to the show and my my wonderful podcast partners. Hello. Hey, we're all learning here. <laughs> it's a weird ass show. It's but it's worth watching, man. It's really good stuff. And and just credit overall to like we, we didn't get to talk about this, but the shots, the 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 acting, um, the set pieces, just so much about this show is it the, the use of music, just so much about it is really, really well crafted. We didn't talk enough about that here up to this point, but it, man, it's yeah. it's good though. Regina King is awesome in it. I mean, every, really every actor in it is really good. Yeah, good for them putting that together. What about you, Keith? Closing thoughts? Well, ultimately, I enjoyed the show. I want to see, I want to really see where it's going. Um, I think, I think it's one of those shows that you, I guess, in a way, you can't even look at it as a superhero show. Um, just, just kind of take it, take it for for what it is. Um, and, and try to, you know, just try to see what you can get from the story. I really appreciate what they're doing with it. Just like you said, even from a technical uh, uh, TV show or filmmaker standpoint, the cinematography is amazing. Um, like I said, the casting is incredible, uh, music, everything. Um, and and even the, 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 the costumes, like the idea of like this, this you know, continues and continue the legacy of Watchmen into the year the 2000s and stuff. Then we kind of don't even know how far in the future this really is, too, you know, because they they do have this 30 some years. Oh, it's 30 some years. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So so um, the technology is different, and I, I just look at it as a cool like political like sci-fi story. Um, so hmm, it's pretty good. And like I said, I, I enjoyed the original movie. And it's getting me excited to want to do it, dive more into the books. And I might even read the, the DC crossover um, Watchmen thing again. So. Congratulations, Alan Moore, on being wholly and completely responsible for this entire show. vision <laughs> perfectly executed just exactly as you wanted. Alan Moore, the true mastermind of HBO's The Watchmen. Congratulations. The true mastermind. <laughs> he's somewhere pig. Get that paper. <laughs> they eat like uh, Scrooge McDuck right now. Uh, <laughs> but hey, if you made it this far, you enjoyed the pod. We really, really, really appreciate you uh, giving us a full listen. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Uh, you'll see plenty more of us. Um, you know, for you know the next hour often until we get sick of each other. Um, you can we'll also never, follow we'll never us. Never get on, sick of each other. Probably not. You'll you'll just have to listen to us for the foreseeable future. Uh, Keith, our social media accounts. Um, if you could spell them out again, sir. Uh, it's the the low key pod is on Instagram, and you can also follow us on Facebook. Boom. <laughs>
there you go. So can I, um, can I promote a thing that we just created? Please. We just created and just launched Movie Maker Magazine, of which I am an editor. Uh, we just unveiled Movie Maker Interviews, uh, and our very first episode is with Scott Alexander and Larry Karaziski, two gentlemen who we have discussed on this podcast because they wrote the wonderful Dolomite is My Name. Uh, we had a crazy conversation about a lot of things, including how Dave Chappelle inspired a scene in Dolomite, why they never made a Village People movie that they were planning to make. It was just a really fun, like, half-hour-long conversation. And if you're interested in screenwriting, like all three of us are, um, I think it's a really good listen. Movie Maker Interviews, available wherever you found this. Yep. So, hey, make that something you definitely check out. Um, it's it's really damn good. So, um, if you like this, you will definitely, definitely enjoy hearing from people who aren't just straight hacks. So, <laughs> Uh, we appreciate y'all we'll see y'all in the next one and uh, until then peace out peace peace